It's no secret that when you try to serve everyone, you often end up serving no one. Today on Guaranteed to Grow, I'm going to cover the three steps required for nailing your ideal customer profile. If you follow these steps to the letter, then you will be well on your way to understanding exactly who your customer is and how to create messaging that resonates with them. You're listening to Guaranteed to Grow, the podcast for entrepreneurs who are looking for actionable steps they can take to validate, test, launch, and scale their software idea. I'm your host, Patrick Parker, a serial entrepreneur and multi-million dollar business owner that's passionate about helping entrepreneurs just like you. Expect to hear topics that will help you grow and expand your business in innovative ways that you would have never considered before. Let's dive in. Unlike the term target market or target customer, which is often used to describe any company that might buy your product or service, your ICP is focused on identifying the most valuable customers and prospects that are most likely to buy your product. As a result, it becomes increasingly important to understand that your ICP is not your total addressable market, which describes the universe of all potential customers uh, that you could potentially sell to. Instead, we want to work on filtering out the companies that are unlikely to buy so that we can get the best sample of who will ultimately convert and benefit from the purchase of your product or service. Therefore, your ICP should be a foundational, organization-wide decision that impacts downstream sales and marketing efforts uh, with the goal of aligning your marketing team, your sales team, your service, and your executive teams around the highest value accounts. An added benefit is that it places the focus on creating scalable and repeatable strategies and tactics to engage and actually convert those targeted accounts and driving market activities like prospecting, segmentation, organizational structure, and other key decisions that you'll have to make throughout the course of launching your company. So long story short, designing your ICP is critical to both sales and marketing success. Companies that invest in well-defined ICPs achieve compelling results. It's no secret. Some of those results include faster sales cycles, higher conversion rates, greater ACV and LTVs for their customers. And with this as the foundation, we can go ahead and start jumping into the three steps that you can follow in order to knock out a bulletproof ICP and ultimately understand exactly who your customers are. So the first step in the process is identifying the traits of your ideal customer. This is going to be the who. And there's seven basic traits of every ideal customer. Some may not possess all, but the more that they do possess, the closer that you can get to understanding exactly who is going to benefit from your product and how you can actually shorten that sales cycle and close more deals. So the first one is going to be they're ready to buy. They've already identified a need, meaning that they are solution aware. Uh, They know that a problem exists. They know that there's solutions that will solve or mitigate their problems. Uh, And a lot of times they're actively searching for products or solutions uh, that they can purchase to then receive the benefits. The second one is that they're ready to receive. In other words, there are clear elements of value that you can deliver for them. So they are ready and, and awaiting and have the ability to actually implement your product and start receiving those benefits. The third one is that they're able to buy, meaning that they have the budgetary resources to to actually purchase your product. They can afford it. Uh, They're skilled enough to implement it. That would be the fourth one. 
They have a person or a team in-house that has the prerequisite knowledge to actually implement your product and get the maximum benefits out of it. Uh, the fifth one would be they're, they're profitable. Uh, they're making money. This is a, a good sign of a healthy company. They're growing. So they're working towards expansion. Uh, and there's probably potential for upsells, cross-sells, uh, and expansion revenue in the future. They're also more likely to renew at the end of their contract. The last one is they're connected. If they have established relationships within the industry, then there's a potential that if they love your product, they can become brand ambassadors for your product, make introductions, referrals, et cetera, which will further help you continue building out your reach. For mature businesses, defining an ICP is a lot easier to complete just because you can look back at all of your historical customer data, all of your account data, and you can identify which types of companies are easy to sell to and which ones gain the most value from the use of your product. For startups, this is where it gets a little bit dicier because there's no operating history that you can look back at, which forces you in some cases to make assumptions based on whatever data is publicly available or whatever data that you can actually collect from the interviews and from the surveys and questionnaires that you actually go through during the validation process. So as you're having those conversations, trying to extract as much information, trying to collect all that information, trying to organize it in a format that you can then glean insights from uh, can be a little bit trickier. And so this is the reason that validating your business idea is so important, you know, by gathering feedback from a large enough sample size within your industry that you can use that to then drive your ICP definitions and ultimately de-risk this process as much as possible. For startups, I tend to use the term initial customer profile instead of ideal customer profile, because what you end up going to market with is still based on educated guesswork to some degree. You know, once you have started collecting feedback through the execution of your go-to-market strategy, then it's important to actually revisit this process in order to refine those ICPs with the information that you're able to uh, collect and organize uh, through actually taking that product to market and getting feedback from the market itself. The second step in the process is going to be centered around the what. And this is research your target market. So with this, there's seven questions to understand uh, the firmographics, the demographics, and the logistics around those ICPs. So within the industry, what's the geography? Where are they based? Are they local? Are they regional, national? Uh, are they global? How, do their, how does their company operate? Where does their company have a presence? That kind of gives you some insight into the size of the organization as well, how many employees they may have, uh, which is why company size and employee headcount also plays into the equation. And then the next one would be the business area or specialization. What do they actually do? What types of clients do they actually support? What is their business? You know, when you're going to market... We already talked about the importance of, of niching down and you always want to look at your TAM, SAM, and SOM where the market of, of the number of customers that you will be able to service is much smaller than the universe. Similarly, if you're looking at health and wellness and you dive down and you're saying, hey, I want to take this product to market that helps uh, physicians with uh, operating in their daily lives. So there's different types of physicians. There's different types of specialties. You would not market the same way to a dentist 
that you do to a surgeon, to an orthopedic surgeon, for example. Very different specializations, very different areas of business. So you need to understand what does that company actually do and what is their specialization. The next thing is going to be the budget and revenue. How much cash do they have to allocate to products like yours? Do they have the ability to purchase it? Um, a lot of times you're looking at uh, revenue specifically as an indicator to see, is this company growing? Do they have uh, ample spend available uh, to, to actually purchase the, the product? And then right after that, you're looking at the purchase process. So who's in charge of actually buying from you? Right? These are going to be different stakeholders at different levels. Sometimes you may have folks across the C-suite. Sometimes you may have directors, VPs, um, or field staff that are actually interested in the product. And so understanding what that process looks like and how to get to those people is extremely important. The sixth one is objectives. What do they want to achieve as a business? What problem is it that you're trying to solve? And does your product fit uh, their plans for growth and expansion? And the last one that I want to spend a little bit of extra time on is pain points. What problem is your product actually solving for them? So I think pain points is, is the most important out of these seven questions to answer because this is really going to help you understand the challenges that they're facing in their business. And it's going to help you create messaging that actually resonates with your audience. So when it comes to software, people don't buy products, right? They buy solutions to their pain points. And if you don't believe me, let's look at a couple of examples from some extremely well-known companies that have launched incredible products, uh, a lot of which have achieved unicorn status. But regardless of whether they are from a market capitalization or valuation perspective, they're all providing a tremendous amount of value to their customers. Calendly, save time. Zoom provides flexibility. Atlassian, collaboration, Tableau, visibility and transparency. Netflix offers convenience. HubSpot enables communication. McAfee provides security. Truebill finds cost savings. You know, you can go on and on and on here, but what they provide in terms of the features versus the benefits that you can expect to achieve by actually procuring these products speaks more about the solutions to the pain points. You know, it's, it's a lot of people want to say that you're buying a feeling and not a, a product, right? I think what you're really buying here is a solution to the actual pain point. It's something that is alleviating uh, the challenges or the, the pain that you are feeling from actually growing your business. So a good way to look at it is, when you're trying to position your product in the market and you're trying to understand how to create messaging that will resonate with your audience, understand what the problem is and look at it from their perspective. So, you know, from your customer's perspective, they're looking at it through the lens of, if I buy this product, it will help me blank. It will help me save time. It will help me save money. It will help me, you know, reduce overhead. It will help me, you know, with any number of, of different pain points. So understanding what that is and and being able to craft a message that that resonates with them is extremely important. What is the problem that your product is actually solving? So most of those customer pain points can be categorized into one of five buckets, positioning, productivity, process, people, or finance. 
positioning is is focused around challenges uh, establishing market position. So, say that you have a company that wants to have a stronger online presence, right? They may need products to help them with positioning. Similarly, you have companies that are having issues with wasted time and inefficiency. That speaks to the productivity. Are there tools that they can purchase that will help them, you know, define processes, help them remove inefficiencies and and wasted time throughout their workforce? Process. So, not having a process a lot of times constricts and limits growth. So are there products that can be purchased that will help uh, with process definition, with, with outlining what those processes should be, and then more importantly, with actually fulfilling a lot of the roles and responsibilities that are outlined within that process. So those would be tools like project management tools are a great example, um, or tools that Elassian provides around software development. The next one is people. So the ability to attract, retain, and enable people. People are the most valuable resource that a company has. So understanding how to get the most of them, whether that's productivity, how to retain those people, whether that is through different value-added services such as as training platforms or educational platforms, whether those are are human resource systems or insurance-style enrollment systems. There's a number of different uh, processes that are involving people and the mobilization of those people. So people is another big pain point that a lot of companies face. The last one is finance. Uh, A lot of people are trying to understand how to reduce expenses and how to alleviate some of that financial strain. So if you have products that will help people save money, help identify opportunities for cost savings, help to uh, reduce the employee headcount by providing some type of automation of redundant tasks, there's a lot of products out there that help businesses save money and streamline processes. But it all comes back to the biggest thing. And the biggest thing is just understanding which pain points your product solves. Uh, and that's going to help you in developing your offer and ultimately your, your value proposition. So I always tell my clients, um, and we always work like this in, in our company as well, but the, the strongest and most irresistible offers are usually formed at the intersection of, of two or more of those buckets, right? So if you have um, people in finance, for example, uh, in process, if I have a product that is going to uh, save time and money by reducing employee headcount through automation, that's a great product that you can craft a message around that solves a number of different pain points. So when you're speaking to those people's pain points, uh, you are providing solutions uh, to some of their most most pressing business needs. The third step in this process focuses on the where. And similarly to, to the two before, we have seven questions here to, to help understand where to actually reach and engage with your ideal customers. So the first one is how do they consume information or acquire knowledge? What, bo- what blogs, books, or industry publications do they read? Are they active on any particular social media platforms? Where do they go physically where you can engage with them? Is this conferences? Is this trade shows? Where do they hang out? Do they belong to any professional or trade organizations? Where do they work? Do they work in an office setting, in a factory floor? Are they remote workers? Are they hybrid? You know, understanding how and where people work is another good way to understand 
how to approach those people with your message, uh, and more importantly, how to craft a, a product that will resonate with them. Where do they prefer to be approached? This is a, a question that I think often gets left out. Cold email is not for everybody. DMs on social platforms is not for everybody. A lot of people don't prefer to be targeted that way. They prefer to, to have specific channels for communication. So understanding how people work and how to get to those people is critical in defining your ICP. And so in addition to, to helping you understand your customer behavior, these questions also help you identify the best marketing channels when it's time to actually go through and, and craft your go-to-market strategy. And that's really it. Um, after completing those three steps, you're ready to start putting all of that information together and you're ready to start disseminating it across your entire organization in order to gain alignment. So I can't stress the importance of, of that last piece, right? So gaining alignment, it's extremely important for your, from, for your entire organization to understand what type of customers that you're looking for, what buyers you're going after, and to then rally around that so that everyone is exactly crystal clear. So that comes through in your, your marketing, it comes through in your sales, it comes through in your customer success and support. You understand your client, the challenges that they face within their marketplace, and then you can craft offerings uh, and services that will actually help to alleviate those pain points that they're experiencing. So now that you've built out your ICP, what's next? You know, by the time you finish developing this profile, you should have a really clear picture uh, of the operating environment, of the pain points that they're experiencing, and the goals or outcomes that they're trying to achieve within their business. And all of these gives you the ammo that you need to convince those customers or potential customers within your ICP that your product and only your product will solve their problem, right? So... You'll want to take this ICP with you as you progress through your journey uh, towards launching your product and executing your go-to-market strategy. There's going to be a lot of activities going forward uh, as you progress in building out your business where this ICP is going to be one of the, the foundational documents that you're going to use in order to, to move forward and progress and ensure consistency across your brand. So if you haven't already, you jump on. We've got a, a winning go-to-market strategy episode you don't want to miss that. It's basically the next step in the process of after I've defined my ICP, what do I do with it? How do I ensure that I'm, I'm leveraging it the right way, that I'm, I'm implementing it uh, in all of my marketing and all of my, my sales messaging? And uh, we get really deep into that topic. And I think you'll find a lot of value there. That does it for today. Um, if you were listening on the move and didn't get a chance to take all the notes you wanted, Go on over to our website at saspartners.io and you can watch the video, read the blog, catch anything else you might have missed along the way. And I'll also drop that link in the show notes to make it easier for you to find. So as always, make sure that you like, comment, share, subscribe, uh, and send it to another entrepreneur that may get some value out of this as well. I'll catch you next week. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to listen in on today's episode. I had a blast recording it for you, and I hope that you found some really great takeaways. 